What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the AFC Experience. I'm your host, AS3, coming to you on this wonderful Wednesday, um, inauguration day, for President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, we have a new era, and we'll see what Joe Biden can do. Um, I just want to give my two cents on this. I know I just don't speak on politics, but I'm going to give my short talk about it. Um, I say this all the time. I believe if he has, I believe it's going to take Biden two years to do what he needs to do. Um, you know, I believe that's going to take him four years to try to clean up, to clean up what happened, but what, what Trump did for those for those four years and see she's gonna clean that up in his first four years and then afterwards try to clean and then he'll get to do what he wants to do as president if he gets elected again after these first four years and we'll see what he does and hopefully uh him and kamala and you know our government now being all democratic basically has will be to be able to take care of um we will be able to take care of our uh our pandemic here and get the United States back on track and probably get back to normal without their regular daily lives. But I wanted to give my two cents on that. So now let's talk about what I really came here to talk about. We have a retired football player. Um... Philip Rivers retiring from the NFL today after 17 seasons. And I just wanted to congratulate Philip Rivers on his wonderful career. Um, Eight-time Pro Bowler, number five in career passing yards, number five in career passing touchdowns, number five in career completions, number 12 in career pass rating, never missed a game, 252 straight starts, and played through a torn ACL in the 2017 a, uh, not 2017, 2007 AFC title game. Um, one of those guys that if you got to watch growing up, um, you knew who he was. Now, he was never considered the best quarterback, but he was a damn good one all the time. And I believe he'll have to, I, I believe he was a Hall of Famer. Um, I'm going to say this. If, if Eli Manning can get in, I believe he'll get in. Because besides the two years that Eli Manning won the Super Bowl, he wasn't a great quarterback. He was never considered the, the top five quarterback or the best quarterback in football. And when you sit down and consider that, those, those two Super Bowls, no two Super Bowl MVPs, truly impact why Eli Manning, I believe, will get in is because of those two things. It was not because of who, he, what, how, because he won them, also because who he beat. Those, those carry weight because he beat Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl not once but twice. He beat the team that was about that was about to go eighteen and up to go nineteen and zero. His team stopped that, and he had the game-winning drive to get it done. Had the luckiest play I've ever seen in Super Bowl history and I'm okay with that. that was the luckiest play I've ever seen in Super Bowl history and he threw an unbelievable ball to Mario Manningham on the sidelines to beat New England again <clears throat> and he had those two magical those two magical playoff runs he got them through and won two Super Bowl championships with the New York football Giants and so when I look at that, and I look at Philip Rivers' career, he doesn't have any of those moments. He only got to the conference conference title game once. He only got um he only got past the wild card round. This year was his first year losing in the wild card round. Um he only got the divisional round, only got to the conference title game once, and never since then. Um he never was able to get to the big one. He never got there. You know, his contemporary big men got there twice and won two of them, actually three times, I'm sorry, got to the Super Bowl three times and won two of them. Um, now, Ben does not have a Super Bowl MVP. You know, the only one that does is Eli. Out of, that, out of their draft class, Phillip, uh, you know, Phillip, Eli, uh, Ben, 
And so it's a weird thing going on with those three. And they say when it comes to the Hall of Fame, you are compared by your contemporaries. What did you do versus what other players did in your era or the other players did out of that draft class when you go into that hall? Now, because of the fan vote, I believe he might get in due to that. But um, it's going to be really, really tough, in my opinion, for him to get in because of things that we measure quarterbacks by. Dan Marino has an MVP. Dan Marino has gotten to a Super Bowl. Um, none of those three quarterbacks have gotten to the, gotten the MVP. Only two of those guys have gotten to Super Bowls, and none of them were ever considered the best quarterback in football. So it's, 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 it's hard. Like, it's... This draft class with Ben, Phillip, and, and Rivers is going to be one of those things you look at and say to yourself, they're not first ballot Hall of Famers. But I do, I believe they're going to be Hall of Famers. I do. It's going to be harder for them to get in considering, you know, you have other guys who will eventually be coming up soon. Eventually, Tom Brady will retire. Soon we'll be seeing Aaron Rodgers retire. Soon we'll be seeing Drew Brees retire. Um, and Drew Brees is another guy with that, that same similar kind of resume. He has a whole bunch of records and a whole bunch of big numbers. And, but unfortunately, he got to one Super Bowl and won it, got a Super Bowl MVP, but he never won an MVP award. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the, those four, you know, Juby, I don't believe Juby's in the same draft class. No, he wasn't. But those four have an interesting, like, it's a weird dynamic going on. But you, also have, you also have to consider what era Phillip Rivers and those guys played in as well, because... As they came to the league, the league started becoming more of a passing era, which which is which boosted their numbers exponentially, you know. But they came in when passing wasn't the number one thing. You could be a balanced football team, and you know, those guys played on a team where you know Philip Rivers played on a team with Sean Merriman, Antonio Camardi, Vincent Jackson, uh, Antonio Gates, and Ladinian Tomlinson. You know, Eric Waddle was on that team as well. Like they had talent. They were they were loaded. They were loaded. And they just they got to one conference title game and after they couldn't get back. And you sit here and look and say to yourself, like, damn. Like, why why couldn't they? You know, and, and just I know I'm forgetting some other players too, but I'm just them the ones off the top of my head. And you sit and say to yourself, like, sheesh, man, like what what happened? Why couldn't they get to the big one? It just it just shows you how hard it is to really get to that game and how hard it is to be the best player in your respective sport. Because when you are that guy and you are that dude, it shows. No, Eli Manning had two great def- had had two great defensive lines and he helped carry them to a to a Super Bowl championship. Now the rosters were they were good to above average. They weren't like a stack. Oh my goodness. This roster is loaded. He, no, wasn't loaded like that. But they got the jobs done. And um, Drew Brees and some people may not like to talk about it or bring it up. The one year that they were doing Bounty Gate is the only year they got to the Super Bowl and won. So a lot of people say that you know they wasted his career away. Well, the question is, do you, do the Saints even get there without that scandal? Without them doing that? That's something we have to ask ourselves. Something we have to think about. Philip Rivers, we never heard these scandals, nothing like that. No cheating with his team, nothing like that. And they obviously got, didn't always come through. But Philip Rivers was tough. Um, he's one of the guys that I've respected around the league. I'm um, 17 years. You got to respect a guy like that. Um, try to do his best to, try to do his best to do to these teams to wins year after year after year and when you're when you are top five in three different categories in the regular season in the eight-time pro bowler that means something but he was never an all pro he never got to a super bowl he was never a super bowl mvp never a super bowl champion so when you're never an all pro it kind of it kind of makes me think kind of makes me sit down and say to myself i don't know because they always say with the Hall of Fame, some people feel when you go, when you think of the Hall of Fame, you should be able to say the person's name and automatically say, okay, boom, yeah, Hall of Famer. 
And unfortunately, there's certain guys that, that are in the Hall of Fame. And they're like, well, wait a minute. They're not even, they were never an All-Pro. So you were never the number one or number two top guy in your respective, in your respective, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Position of, the position of, position you played in football. So it begs the question, dang, how, how hard or how good were you really compared to your contemporaries? When you have guys who were in their 40s, like Tom Brady winning the MVP, you have guys who are much older than you winning in 37, Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, considered being an all pro, making the Pro Bowl. And, it, and you ask yourself, you legitimately ask yourself, like, damn, how really, how great were they? Because the Hall of Fame is meant for great players. And I've never sat down and said, do I believe that Philip Rivers was a great player? In my opinion, no. Now, there's some people maybe who in the San Diego area or the Los Angeles area, or maybe other players in the league or any anybody else in the world, who may, who may disagree. And that's fine. That's just your opinion. Just in my take, in my opinion, do I believe that Philip Rivers was a great quarterback? No, I don't. Do I believe that Eli Manning was a great quarterback? No, I don't. Do I believe that Ben was a all-time great quarterback? No, I don't. Because I can name 10 quarterbacks that I'd have before I get to them. And that's my thing. If you if you can't make the top 10 of any of the certain people's list, then I'm not sure you belong in the flip. Then you, you, I don't want to say belong, but I'm not sure they're going to make the Hall of Fame. Like, I believe they'll get in because off of, you know, today's society and the merit of who they were and how they impacted their communities and how they impacted, you know, teams where they played on and people care so much about these guys when they retire, you know? But they're just certain players who are, who are there's a hall of very good and the hall of great. And the hall of fame to me is, is, is respected for the hall of great. And that's that's where I stand on that. Drew Brees, on the other hand, I believe he's a, I believe you can get to around nine to 10 and he's in there. He's in my top 10. So because of that, I do believe, you know what, he Jubies will get in. Because he has a record that I don't think will ever be broken. Like, if you don't have the chance, if you don't have the, 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 the numbers or anything like that, you got to have something that stands out so much that is, you know what? It's, you mean, you, you need to have that. Or you, you have to look at that and say, dang. He might, have, he might have a record that might ever never be caught. 80,000 80, passing yards? 80,000 passing yards by Drew Brees. I, I, I don't know that he's going to be caught. And that's the difference. Like, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, and Big Ben don't have one of those, like, one of those things you sit and say to yourself, damn, like, what is that record and how do you get to that point? Um, but hats off to Philip Rivers. Um, he didn't go out on his own terms. He said he knows it's about that time, and he's choosing to hang it up. He he knows football at the back of the back of his hand, and maybe maybe he might be able to um, do um, a Monday Night Crew, or maybe do what Tony Romo does for CBS. And we'll see what happens with that. You know, we we've had um, former players go do that job as well. Maybe that's something he may not want to do, but we'll see what he does in his, his second career. And I just want to speak on the when players retire, regardless if you played three years, four years, five years, 17, 12, 18, whatever the case may be. I want to, I want to give my condolences and give give them applause, man, because you don't I I don't think I don't think people understand how hard it is to really want to get to the NFL, number one. And to have a career longer than three years because the average career of an NFL player is three years. So when you're able to exceed that and still have a shelf life of football in the NFL for not one, not two, but 17 years. Like, damn, I, I can't even, I can't even be mad at that. Like, it, it's crazy to think about. And the fact that you get to go out on your own terms and you, you, you choose to hang it up and you choose to hang it up. I give my respect and my, I give my respect to that, to those men you know, who's who put their bottom on the line for the job they did, for the dream that they got to love, and they got to live out their dreams. They got to live out their dream, and, you know, they got to play football and 
do what they love to do. They got to follow their dreams. They got to follow their goals. Did they, they achieve every goal in, in their job? No. But they got to live a lifestyle that most people would never get to live. And I want to give my, give my salute um, to the bottom Philip Rivers in the football world. Uh, we really appreciate it. We will miss you. And um, we, I would love to see you in the Chargers Hall of Fame. And if you can make the Hall of Fame, I applaud that too. If he does, then shout out to him. And I'll, I will, I'll, I'll be watching. If he gets in there, I'll watch that. Because Philip Rivers is a, <laughs> he was an interesting guy in the NFL, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Well, now, you know, so we're still here in the present. We got to focus on now the team that he just retired from, which was the Colts. And the Colts now, um, hmm. looking at their situation, I'm looking at it. They got to trade up for a quarterback now. Like as an organization, it's your job to try to move forward and get things rolling. The coach, that coach GM, he now he now has a job to do. Now he's in, he, he's in the offseason working. What trade could he potentially posture up and make up for trying to, to get a trade deal going for him to uh, for him to get things working and. Um, Get a get a quarterback. They have a talented roster. They have T. Y. Still, a veteran receiver. They have Paris Campbell, a speedster. They do have um Darius Leonard on defense, Shabal Sheard on defense, uh Xavier Rhodes on defense. So they have players. They have they have players. They, they, they just gotta get that quarterback. They do have um Quentin Nelson and arguably the number one or number two offensive line in football behind either Cleveland or uh Indianapolis. You do have um I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Marlon Mack. So when you have that, you know, you, you it's one of those things you sit here and say to yourself, okay, they're not, they're not, they're not too far off. They're not too far. They need a quarterback. You know, maybe they sit down and consider themselves trading for Carson Wentz. You know, that's on the table. Maybe they sit there and sit down and, you know, try to trade up to try to get a Justin Fields or maybe a Zach Wilson or maybe a Mac Jones. Because it's going to be hard for them to try to get a quarterback this year, considering, you know, they made the playoffs. When you made the playoffs, you got to trade up. And then I don't know what kind of trade package they can monster without giving up pieces on their roster to get that quarterback. Okay. So looking at the Colts now. I don't know what kind of trade pack they can master up. That's why I'm not a GM. They have to figure that out for themselves. But I do believe they will try. They will have to um, try to get that out the way and get that done. Because looking at the this team and the roster, you should hear and say to yourself, you know, how can we improve without giving up too much to have a core, a good enough roster to try to you know contend and keep. And stay in the playoffs and potentially, you know, win the Super Bowl since Peyton Manning has left and since the last one you guys have won in 2006 against the Chicago Bears, the Super Bowl 41. All right, so let's segue to this. So, Eric Bienemy was has reached out, reached out by the Houston Texans about the head coaching job. And we're now looking and seeing, you know, People have all been up in an uproar about black head coaches not getting jobs and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes people have made it a racial thing. And I want to address that today. People keep saying it's a racial thing, it's a racial thing, it's a racial thing sometimes. And I'm and I just I disagree with that. Let me keep my reasons well on that. You don't know this, but I am um, considered quote unquote an African American male. Uh but, you know, being considered a black man in America, quote unquote, be considered that. I ask people all the time, you can't, why, why is it that if someone chooses what they want to do, we have to always keep making it racial nowadays? Well, I guess I'm, I'm African-American and yes, I'm, I'm a black man. I, I get that. 
know what I'm saying? I, I, I get that. Or if you want to say, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm unknown and I'm, or, you know, I, I, I just say I don't even know. Some people say we're black. Some people say we're African American. Heck, some people say we're Hebrew Israelites. Who knows? But I will say this: if you run a business, right? If you ran a business and you only hired black people, or you only hired Asian people, or you only hired Latino people or Hispanic people, or you only hire Caucasian people, why would what do we don't have the right to complain of how you want to run your business? These owners are not obligated to hire black coaches. They have to hire coaches who they feel is best fit for the job. And I think that's what we have to always get back to. If they feel that the best person for this job just happens to be the same skin color as them, then it just happens to be the same skin color as them. Your skin color don't change your resume. Your skin color doesn't define your job. Unless you are black. And it blows my mind. Because we've, I've, I know countless of people who did not get a certain job because, because of their skin color. I've seen it. I've got friends who didn't get jobs like that. I got family members who called me and they told me that, that happened to them. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to sit down and say to yourself, damn, how come I couldn't get this job? Well, you couldn't get this job because no, they'll give you they'll give you other reasons why. Now, also, it's the stigma around black coaches. Black coaches have the shortest shelf life in the NFL. That's just the that's just the truth. Black coaches, when they come in, they have a short shelf life, and they if they can't turn things around, then they're out of here. A lot of a lot of organizations nowadays don't have a lot of patience now. They bring you in four years, and four years, I want to see improvement. If our team's not improving, then guess what? We're out of here. That's just how it goes. And you and but also, we never talk about what are the what are their. How are their interviewing skills? That's something that no one talked about when they talk about black coaches. They're African-American head coaches. No one brings that up. Because we have to sit down and say to ourselves, you know what? We don't know what's going on in those rooms when they go to interview for that job. Because Adam Gase got two jobs. Okay? So he must have did something right for the, to the organization and say, you know what? We want to hire this guy. And yes... Now I do agree with some of the with the take that some of the owners do like they do they do change what they say, but they don't hold what they say on their on their on their face. We've we've heard owners come out or GMs come out and say we're looking for this kind of coach and we're looking for a defensive coach. They take an offensive guy. They want an offensive coach. They take a defensive guy. You know they'll they'll want to take you know or we say we want a guy who's young you know, or we want a guy who's you know, who's good with quarterbacks. They'll take a special teams guy. Even if someone comes out and says, even if someone comes out and says they want a certain kind of guy, they're not going to initially going to tell you what kind of guy they're going to tell that they want to take. Because let's say the person that they want, oh, you want a defensive guy. Oh, okay. But really, they want an offensive guy. If they went out and said you want an offensive guy, and that's what they truly wanted to get, and there's, a, there's 32 other NFL teams interviewing that same guy over a certain 5, 6, 17 interviewing that same guy. Damn. We went out there on our face and, and told them we wanted an offensive guy. And that's the guy we really wanted. We, we were trying to sign this guy. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, another guy just grabbed him. And now we got to look for another guy. So of course that's just business sense sometimes. You 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 put out there to say you, you want something but you really want something else. Because we all know the NFL is was a behind the scenes kind of business. 
there's so many things that happen behind the scenes that we may not know about that that certain players know but people or people who have sources to those players like maybe like an Ian Rappaport or an Adam Schefter know about but there's things that us as fans of the sport we know nothing about I mean, if you're someone in the sports media who is highly respected and you have a source that could talk to you about certain things, then yeah. Other than that, that that's it. Well, you know, we're we're out the loop here. Okay. So when you when you say that and you tell that story, it's you know, when you say all that, I say all that to say this. You get to a point where you say to yourself. Is it the interview skills? Is it their skin color? Or is it you just can't tell anyone what these wealthy owners, what they want to do with their team? It's their team. They're the owners. And if they feel that, you know what, this person is to qualify for the job based on their credentials, then guess what? You don't have to take the deal. Guess what? They don't have to hire you. They're not obligated to try to change the mold because of your skin color. They're not obligated to do that. It would be nice. Yeah. But we've only seen a couple of African American head coaches win Super Bowls. Maybe say, well, they're not given the chance. So maybe they're not interviewing correctly. Has anyone ever thought of that? You know, maybe their conditions aren't as great as we think they are. We don't know that. Who knows? Maybe they're asking for an amount of money that, you know, they say, you know, we don't want that. We don't know what's going on during these interview processes that we just like, are just out of time of the loop. We have to consider that. We can't just go on, oh, they keep hiring, oh, they keep hiring Caucasian guys. They hire this guy and that guy and that guy. They don't ever give a, and don't, they never give a brother a chance. You also keep a black man down. No. Maybe, just maybe, they're just not qualified for that particular job for that particular team. And that just what it is. Because here's the thing. Maybe if one of the owners happened to be happened to be African American or black, then guess what? They can hire who they want to hire. If they want to hire African American head coach, then guess what? They can do that. Because it's their team. Now, Eric Bieniemy is interviewed for the Houston Texans job, and we'll see how that goes. Now, in my humble opinion, just from the outside looking in, that's a bad spot to be in. Now, Deshaun Watson has expressed his interest in liking what Eric Bieniemy has done offensively. But, am I a, am I a fan of... Just what the what they have going on down there, I don't. That's just a toxic situation. And as a head coach, if you can't trust the the, the people above you to do their job, and as a coach, I would want to be there. Now, Airbnb may be different. He may do something about them down there that I don't know. But from top to bottom, we're seeing that the Houston owner and the GM right now are just didn't look good. The situation looks toxic. And as we know in life, any toxic situation that you're in, you would never want to be a part of. And that's what that looks like to me. You know, we don't under we don't know all the all the details. We only really get told what Ian Rappaport tells us or Adam Schechter tells us, or we get the own try to look up articles and read about it and do our own digging. That's about it. But besides that, you know, we're not in there every day. We don't work there. And so Looking at this particular job, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, would I want the job? No, but I'm not him. And I think people may say, well, why do black coaches get the bad jobs? Well, if there's a good head coach, if you're a good head coach, there are no jobs to be open up for. Duh. Yeah, the Houston, the Houston Texans are bad. And they have a really good quarterback under Sean Watson. He wants to leave. The Jets just hired a new coach. And I just I just don't I just don't think it's a racial thing. Like I just, I me personally, I just don't look like, I look at it from a like from the whole perspective and the whole whole face value. 
Now they just they're just not me. You know, if, if they're qualified for the job, they'll get it. The most high said this all said I learned this from from our young boy. So I was taught by this from my parents from the most high. The most high said himself. If it is meant for you, it is meant for you. Whether whether it's the person of a late whether it's a child of a not a person, whether it's a child, uh, a relationship, a certain job, um, you accomplishing a certain dream, you making a certain amount of money, you living in a certain kind of house, you driving a certain kind of car, you um starting a certain kind of charity, um, you doing a certain kind of community community work that you've always wanted to do um anything like that a, a certain shirt a certain pair of shoes a certain purse um a gaming system whatever it is a certain accomplishment if it is meant for you it is meant for you okay if, if it's meant for you it's meant for you and sometimes it's meant for certain for other people and sometimes it's not Maybe you weren't meant to be a head coach then. Maybe maybe the Most High is still trying to have you learn some things before you become a head coach. You just, the Most High maybe is testing you to see, hmm, do you really have the mentality to be a head coach? No, I think you do. This isn't meant for you. It's meant for somebody else. You're meant to be right here. Now, yes, as a coordinator, we've all been, you know, people have talked about, you know, you want to eventually run your own team and be a head coach, of course. Sometimes, hey, sometimes you say to yourself, I can leave here and try to go do it my way and see how it goes, or I can stay here and be successful and keep things running afloat. That's what Josh McDaniels did. He left not once but twice. It didn't go out so well as being him being a head coach. He came back to New England and was successful and won a couple more championships. Sometimes you need those learning curves. And maybe Eric Bieniemy goes out and starts head coaching. Like, you know what? The same for me. Back to my old job. I'm gonna come back. Like, this whole process and all this kind of stuff. There's certain people in this world who are meant to lead, and certain people who aren't. There's certain people who are meant to lead. Some people who are meant to follow the lead. Follow the leader. Head coaches were meant to lead. Coordinators were meant to meant to follow the lead of the head coach until they become their own leaders. Okay? That's how that's how it works. And so my and my conclusion to what this segment is there isn't there always doesn't have to be a racial thing with this or try to keep a brother down or nothing like nothing like that. Because there's so many things that we that, that don't get reported, that we don't hear about during the interview process, how much money was being asked for during that process, their credentials, all that kind of stuff. And how they talk and how they present themselves. When it comes to an interview, you got to sell yourself. When it comes to an interview, what can you do for me? How can you make my team better? How can you benefit me? To make my team better, to put more, to put more butts in those stands by having a good football team and put more money in our pocket for us to win games and potentially win championships. That's what it comes down to. And if you can't do that, if I don't feel that you can do that to the best of your ability, to the best ability that possible that we that we have here for the talent that we have, I can't hire you. This, this is me taking an educated guess of what that those those conversations are like with what the owner presenting to the interview interviewee head coaches or coordinators trying to become a head coach. <clears throat> so that's my take on that. All right, we're gonna segue into the NBA a little bit. Um, so. Kyrie Irving, I believe, makes his debut tonight, and we're going to get a, um, a short sample, uh, a first test run, if they, if you will, um, to see how Kyrie, um, Kevin, and Harden can work together. Um, I believe 
they they don't play any in like a major like they don't play the Lakers, the Bucks, or anything like that. Um, I believe the Nets. So they're playing the Cavs. They're they're playing the Cavs. So it's not a you know a big 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 game, but um, definitely something where uh, we're sitting here. You know, looking to look around and see how they can try to make it work. What Steve Nash is going to try to do and bring the offense and all that kind of stuff. What Mark D'Antoni can do with that offense and those guys. And we'll see how it goes. You know, there's nothing guaranteed. And, and, we'll, and we'll see how that goes. Um, Now, if they, I don't. And you know the media is going to overreact to that, and that's just how sports media really goes. You're going to have, on one side, you're going to have the, you're going to have the, oh, see, they can make it work. People will believe the league is in trouble. 2021 NBA champion, blah, 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 blah. And then you have people, see, this is why it couldn't work. They're ball hogging too much. There's no communication. Chemistry takes time. Chemistry takes time in anything, whether it's with your co-workers, whether it's with your family, whether it's your spouse, whether it's with your kids. Chemistry takes time. And once you establish that chemistry, then we'll see how it goes. They have to establish it. Those three have never played together. People wonder why Harden and Jay- Harden and Katie can work together. They play together for a number of years in OKC. They play together. They know each other. And they've gotten better as players as time went on. When you've worked to, that's, has anyone ever, I'm going to give you a quick analogy right here. When you go and play basketball with your boys, right? When you grew up playing with him all the time and y'all be on the same team all the time, right? Let's say for a couple months, y'all have a hoop in a while. Y'all have a hoop in a, in a while. You and him grew up together, playing basketball against each other one-on-one, then also play on the same team, knowing each other tendencies and all that kind of stuff. Knowing how you, you each other, how both y'all play. Y'all go out there, y'all hoop, y'all be balling. Y'all win some, y'all lose some. But y'all still, but y'all still be balling. Y'all don't hoop for a couple months. And then y'all come back together and start playing basketball again. But this time, y'all weren't, y'all, y'all improved as players. Y'all both working on y'all games. So next basketball season come back around, y'all look even better. Yeah, because y'all played together. For a number of years. And that's what happened with Katie and James Harden. We got to put that into perspective here. Now we are, now we're adding Kyrie into the fold. Kyrie's never played with James Harden. And Kyrie's never played with Katie. They've only, they've only played together Kyrie and Katie for a couple of games. Those three have never played together. Maybe on the Olympic team. But not as a whole team. Not on an 82 game schedule. Or this year a 72 game schedule. Company's going to take time man. The more games, the better. Some days are going to be great. Some days are going to be bad. Okay? Because we saw how Golden State looked when Kevin Durant, because when Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson got together, we were all sitting there like, bro, what, what's going on? You have all these talented players. Why can't I get this done? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And then after that, they got it together. They made it work. And they literally lost one game in the postseason. And it took one of the greatest shooting performances in NBA Finals history for them to not get swept that day. Same thing with um, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, when they first got together, people were like, why are they struggling? You have all this talent, make it work. They were, they were 500 at one point. Then they got it together. Got to the finals, didn't win it, but they got there. Came back next year, won it. Came back next year, back to back. Came back next year, got to the finals, but lost to the Spurs. It happens. It takes time to get chemistry. Even if they don't win, it's not championship or bust for me this year. It's not to me. Okay, it's not for me. So we'll see how that goes today. Lastly, um, one thing I did want to get into was... um, the quarterbacks who are under the most pressure this week. I'm not going to want to do five minutes of each. Um, both quarterbacks in the AFC, both quarterbacks in the NFC. And the quarterbacks to me on the NFC side, out of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, under the most pressure, Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's not even close. 
Tom Brady has nothing to prove. He has nothing to prove. Now, he has nothing to, nothing to prove to us, but if people in the media will say, well, people in the media will always try to say, and get to the point where he's going to have to try to win a ring without Belichick. Tom Brady is going to the Hall of Fame regardless of what happens on Sundays. Whether he wins on Sunday, whether he loses on Sunday. If they get blown out by 50, they lose by 3, or win by a point, or win by 35. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Now, the only thing that's going to change is his his stats in the conference title game and his win-loss record in the conference title game. Whether he'll be nine and four, or he'll be he'll be so then he'll be nine and five in conference title games, or he'll be ten and four in conference title games. That's the only thing that changes with Tom Brady. He had a chance to win seven, his seventh championship. Okay. He had a chance to play in a, his, a team's first home Super Bowl. Okay. So this we saw this two years ago. Saw this sorry, three years ago with the, with the with the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers is because this because there's a big fat stigma around Aaron Rodgers. You've gotten to you're one in three in conference title games. You've only gotten to one Super Bowl in your historic career. As as Packers as Packer fans bring up to me all the time, they talk to me about it. Brad Favre's got to two in the Packers uniform. And you're supposed to be supposed to be better than him. And you can't get us there. You're the year you went for 15 and 1. Couldn't get in there. You went down to Atlanta for the cover title game. Got your doors blown off. Then you got back there. They freaking San Francisco. Doors blown off. So the last couple of times they've seen you in the conference title game, you haven't played well. And the Packers and the Packers have a, a very good roster with Aaron Jones and Dylan and Devontae Adams and Lazard. And a very good a very good team. But to me, it's not close. The most quarterback under the most pressure this weekend is Aaron Rodgers. Because you're trying to get back that second Super Bowl. You're trying to go two for two in Super Bowls. You're trying to get your second MVP. Super Bowl MVP, I'm sorry. So that you can X your name. So you can X your name. And NFL history is as one of the top quarterbacks. Because for all the praise now, and, and for all the praise and adulation you get, you have one Super Bowl title. You have one Super Bowl run. As we see here today, as we see here today as in quarterbacks, you have the same amount as Trent Dofer. You have this, you have less than Eli Man, than Eli Manning. Drew Brees had the same as you. Patrick Mahomes in his fourth year starting and he has he already had the same amount as you. And he's already hosted more conference titles than you have. Okay. Jared Goff had the same amount of parents as you do. Nick Foles has the same has the same amount of rings as you do. So there's a lot going on here. That's a stake for Aaron Rodgers. Because a lot, because, because Tom Brady actually did what he was supposed to do. According to the media, according to the media, Tom Brady was supposed to get, you know, he's as good as he says he is, and he's to go. Joe Montana, his idol, got the Chiefs to the conference title game. He did. So according to Max Kellerman, Tom Brady has to get the Bucks to the conference title game. He's done that. He's there. So, regardless of what happens on Sunday, 
this is a, this is this is icing on the cake for this for Tom Brady. There's nothing else he can add. There's nothing else he can do. If he wins this and wins another Super Bowl, yeah, I mean, for some people he's the greatest football player of all time. Some people disagree. Some people say it's Jerry Rice. Some people say it's Lawrence Taylor. Some people say Reggie White. That's fine. Whoever whoever you believe your your greatest player greatest football player of all time is, that's who that is. If he wins another one, this is just actually on the cake. Just is. Now would it be a little bit sweeter because of he won without he won one without Bill Belichick? Yeah, of course, sure. Yeah, it'd be sweeter. But he has no, there's no pressure on Tom Brady. There's only there was only pressure on Tom Brady last week. Because it was the first time that, okay, you know what? You put a team three times. The first time you saw a team in your division with a, with a quality quarterback, you couldn't beat him. Squash that rumor. Okay, so we've seen this. We've seen this. This meets Aaron Rodgers. Now, on the AFC side, it's not even close. If he's healthy, it's Patrick Mahomes. There's no pressure on Josh Allen because he's done something that no one thought the Bills would do. Nobody thought the Bills would be here right now except for crazy Bills Mafia fans. Nobody. 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 Nobody, buddy. Nobody. The Bills are here. The Bills are the air. The Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills, who had it on a playoff game in 25 years, just won back-to-back playoff games. During the AFC title game. Can we establish that? Can we establish it? I mean, come on, man. It's, it's, it's right there. Mahomes, you're trying to go back to that. Because if, if for Mahomes, you win this game. Damn. Fourth year starting, 25 years old. Two Super Bowl appearances already. Three straight conference titles. Three conference titles already. Three conference titles appearances. Damn. This man has the chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Those conversations start to have happen more and more. Because that discussion has already happened and he's already gotten the only two. He's out to his third straight. Still that conversation looms more if he can get there back to back. All of the all-time greats have gone back-to-back. John Elway. Joe Montana. Tom Brady. The only all-time great that did not go back-to-back to to Super Bowls was Peyton Manning. The only one. But... When you look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's... And what... Judge stake for him. You, you're the favorite, so there's a bit more pressure on you because people are expecting you to get here. Now, I think that's something people need to understand. When you're the favorite to get somewhere, there's more pressure on you because people have picked you to get there. The top two betting favorites to get to the Super Bowl this year was who? At the start of the season, the Green, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Green Bay Packers. So you, those two teams were ex. Expected to be here. No one, no one was expecting the Bucks to get here. Now they were a betting favorite. They weren't the betting favorite. They were one of the fifth or sixth best betting odds to get to the Super Bowl. They weren't the odds-on favorite. Like when the season first started, put your money down who's going to the Super Bowl. It was Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Packers. People put money on that. No one put any money on the Bills. Nope. And some people put money on Tampa Bay. But not many. When you are the favorite and you're considered the best thrower, the most talented football player or quarterback you've ever seen, and people are already starting to crown you potentially being the greatest quarterback of all time, and you are the favorite, and you're chasing something that most quarterbacks have not done, No, a lot of quarterbacks can't say this. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. 
Troy Aikman, John Elway, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and Bart Starr. They're the only two, they're the only number of guys you can say they won back-to-back Super Bowls. Difference is, they're all Hall of Famers. Every single one of them. And that's what he's chasing right now. Both of those guys, both of them have won, but Patrick Mahomes is younger. He has time. Rodgers doesn't. He's 37. You asked for this, this is what you wanted. He said, I guarantee we're going to have a home playoff game and a conference championship at Lambeau. Now that he has it. So to me, it's not really close. It's Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers who are under the most pressure, but pressure only bursts when it's not met. Pressure only bursts when you, the expectations are not met. It just blows up in your face. And honestly, those are the two teams I picked to win this week. And I had the Packers winning and the Chiefs winning. Both home teams. Both home teams. Same as last year. But, to me, there's really no pressure on those other two guys because they're not the favorite. And Josh Allen is young too. And there's not expectations or pressure on, on a team who hasn't been here in 25 years. Now, next year, if they get back here, that conversation will change. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the ASD Experience. I am your host, AS3. I appreciate you guys listening. Once again, I'm on all your streaming platforms. And I'll see you guys tomorrow on Thursday as you get closer and closer to Championship Sunday. I'll see you guys on the next episode of the ASD Experience. Wear your mask, stay safe, hug your your loved ones. And, um... Please stay safe. Hopefully nothing happens. No rash or anything like that. Please stay safe out there if you are around those kind of areas today. And I'll see you later, guys.